following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. Um, sometimes we lose sight of that fact. Sometimes we lose sight. And, and Lord, it's, sometimes it isn't just because we aren't paying attention. It's because the world around us is broken. I pray that you would use the beauty that is the book of Ruth to teach us that there is still hope in the midst of those times. That when we experience loss, when we experience pain, we can still fully feel those things, but still rejoice knowing what you have done and what you are doing with your people. We pray this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been working our way through the book of Ruth. Now, the way it worked out is we had three weeks to do this book. It is four chapters. So today we're doing a little bit of a fire hose here at the end to get three and four together, but three and four actually flow so well together that it's not going to, I don't think it's going to throw us off. But what I'm going to do is over the last two weeks, I've done um, a preaching style where we go verse by verse. Now, because it's two chapters, we're not going to go verse by verse. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read chapter three and chapter four for us, and then I'm going to take us back to a couple of scenes in each chapter that I think show us some good understanding of what's happening. And then we're going to end with a Bible project video on the book of Ruth that gives us that whole painted outline of what this book is about. And it shows us that depth. So if you want to join with me, it'll be on the screen, but if you've got it on your phone, that's great as well. If you've got a Bible with you, we encourage you to take notes, do those kinds of things. Um, we're going to do Ruth, Ruth 3. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So she went to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end on, of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Just that verse. Just drink that in. Just thank you, scripture writers. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich." And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. 
So she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Another great line. Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. He turned aside and sat down. And he took 10 men of the elders of the city, and he said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to her, our relative, Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. The Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in the former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, this is going to get wild, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and that belonged to Chilion and Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. that The name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord take the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give to you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is more to you than seven sons. He has more than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, they, now are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Adinadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. See, they send you to seminary just for those final genealogical passages. So that's a lot, two full chapters, but there are a couple scenes in here that I want us to draw out that we've, 
as we've talked about the book of Ruth, we've seen, we've walked through the idea of a loyalty and love, a steadfast love like God has for us. Last week, we talked about the sojourner, the person who comes from another country, how Boaz treats Ruth. He treats her with honor and with dignity just as Jesus treats us who became sojourners from the kingdom of God at the fall. And so with his kindness and his worthiness, he invites us back into the kingdom. So first I want to think about the winnowing floor, the threshing floor. And I love Ruth 3 and 4 for so many reasons. But I love them that in scriptures, you get all these genre of writings. And here's the rom-com genre in scripture. Because what happens is Ruth now, remember last week, Ruth had gone out, she'd done all this stuff. Um, Boaz had taken care of her. He'd given her all this stuff. He'd given her uh, wheat and barley. He'd given her protection. He'd given her inclusion in the family, right? He had brought her in to be a part of the community. So much we can learn there about how Boaz treats a woman who is a Moabite, a foreigner. So much we can learn. But here we have Ruth and Naomi battle planning. And Ruth shows up and goes, all right, what should I do? And she goes, well, Boaz is one of our redeemers. So here's what you need to do. Wait until he's worked a hard day, eaten a good dinner and fallen asleep at work, right? Now, I love how much of scripture is based in agricultural narrative. And here you have this moment of Boaz who has spent the day threshing, right? Now, imagine that hard day's work, right? Whatever it is that you've been outside doing that work and you get to the end of the day. For me, there's that kind of turnover of the years, right? Or of the seasons. When you go, you know, summer to fall, fall to summer, fall, summer back to fall, and then probably summer again, then a window of winter where, you know, everything freezes and everything breaks and you don't have electricity. Then maybe you get a little bit of spring and then we're back to summer. But in those season switches, right, um, there's stuff that you have to do around the house. Uh, Maybe it's at a place of work, wherever you are, there are things that must be done, whether it's with a a car, with a lawn, with those kinds of things, and they're going to take you time to just prep those things. And I think about the introduction, the the blessing someone gave me of the shower beer, which is this idea that at the end of a hard day of work, you get that warm shower, and then this is like, I go with a Bud Light orange, and I just wash clean with that cold drink, and sometimes maybe it's an orange, maybe it's something else, but just that feeling at the end of the day that you've accomplished something. So here's Boaz, he has worked hard, He has put in that hard day's work at the threshing floor. And then what he does is he sits down, he goes, listen, I'm going to eat a good meal. I'm going to drink some wine. Now it says he was merry. And I love uh, the the context that it gives in in some of the commentaries. It's like, well, he's not drunk. He's just feeling good. Like he's worked hard. He's had a hard day. And I thought, this is Thanksgiving, right? You've worked hard. You've labored over the meal. Here it is, you finished, and you're like, listen, family, I don't care what you're doing, I'm going to take a nap. 
So Boaz goes and he goes to sleep. And so it's in this, this moment where Naomi tells Ruth, like, go to him when he's asleep because he's going to be by himself and offer to him this possibility. And I love it. And it's, and I, it's rom-com because here comes the woman proposing marriage to the man. Right? She rolls in and goes, listen, I hear you're a redeemer. And I would be redeemed by you. So this idea of the kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament, we talked a little bit about it in chapter one, but here we are in chapter three and four. So in the line, there, there, you know, in that day and age, there wasn't a set up system for people to be cared for. And it was the family was built around this care of young and old. So when Naomi loses her husband and her two sons, she has lost not only her family, she's lost her social safety net. Not only that, but her family doesn't continue on. So the idea of the kinsman redeemer would be a man who could step in and take on that family line to redeem it, to protect children, widows, as someone who could own property, who could produce for them. And so we see in this moment that Boaz might be a little bit older because when Ruth proposes this to him, he responds, number one, with joy, but number two, he says that you didn't go for a young man, be he poor or rich. Now, it's an interesting comment that he makes there and as I was reading, I was like, okay, why, why does this seem different? Because Ruth could have pursued a young man, but it wouldn't have taken care of Naomi. She could have pursued whoever she liked. This goes back to chapter one, when Naomi says, no, go, return to your people. I'll deal with what I have to deal with. But here's Ruth, even in this moment, saying, no, I've chosen you, Boaz, because if you would redeem me, you redeem Naomi as well. That here, even in this moment, we see Ruth's love and loyalty to her mother-in-law. That she would say, listen, I'll take you, Boaz, if you would have me. Now listen, everything I've read about Boaz is like, duh. Like when we read in this book, like this is a good guy. You know, you're questioning going, How'd this catch get away? Who knows? But we see that he's a worthy man and he says, yes. If he goes, but real quick, there's one who's a relation closer who could redeem you. So let's follow the law. And if that person will do it, okay. But if not, then yes, I will do it. And the comedy scenes also in this section are great. Because you have, and behold, a woman at his feet. <laughs> like, can you imagine? And that the weird, like, take off his shoes. Like, listen, when I've spent a day threshing, I don't know about all of you, but on those days when I have been threshing, I really don't want people taking off my shoes. I mean, that hard day's work, right? But that's what Naomi says, take off his shoes. And the only commentary I could find on it was, well, his feet will get cold and that's what causes him to wake up. And I thought, all right, not a bad idea, because there's not like an in-depth understanding, except for maybe that's what happened. 
So Boaz goes to the gate and he does what he's supposed to do. And I love it. It's like Boaz sits at the gate. He is, this is a farmer. This is a guy who is up in the morning, sleeps hard at night, ready for the next day of work. And he takes, leaves his land, comes and sits at the gate of Bethlehem waiting. And all I can think is, wow, I'm glad we have cell phones. Right? Because here's Boaz. He's having to wait. He knows the one dude and he's just sitting at the gates of Bethlehem waiting for this one guy. Right? It's not like, hey, can you meet me at 7-Eleven? We got some redeeming to do. Right? Like, no, he's waiting at the gate for this guy to show up. And when he does, he then has to grab 10 elders of the city. Now, maybe they were there. Maybe he was prepared. It sounds like he was prepared. And then you get this back and forth with this new redeemer. And first he starts off and says, hey, Naomi's going to sell that land. You're first in line. I want to bring it to you first. If you won't, I will. And this dude's like, sick. Uh, This morning I woke up with only this much land and now I'm going to grow my inheritance. He's excited. And then Boaz goes, wait, there's more. You know, Ruth, that Moabite, this is a kinsman redeemer thing. And that guy goes, JK, I'm out. Not marrying a Moabite, not this guy. And it's interesting because even in the commentary that I was reading about this, they go, this is Boaz calling out this guy, going, Naomi and Ruth rolled into town months ago and you did nothing. So Boaz knows when he says, there's one ahead of me, he knows what's going to happen. He's already said yes, but he, he wants to put a little bit of a smackdown on this dude for not doing his job. But then we have this great moment. So Boaz does the sandal trade thing, which is just classic, right? If we could only, hey, you want to buy this new car? Sweet. Here's, you know, my Doc Martin, right? Like, but actually what it is, is earlier on before that, in Israel, um, you know, when you set foot upon the land, you might say, oh yeah, I'm going to go set foot upon it. I'm going to go look at it. Well, in Israel, that's where the saying comes from, was that when you set foot upon the land, if you were a new purchaser, that was how you finalized the purchase. You put your foot, you physically put yourself on the land. So this was like the next step up. This was, this was the e-signature of you know, ancient Israel going, right, we don't want to walk all the way out there. Just give me your sandal, right? Like, we got this. So that happens. And then this miraculous thing happens. So Boaz and Ruth get married. Naomi's joy is flipped around. Her sorrow turns to joy. She has a grandson, and they name him Obed. And Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse is the father of David. And much later on, there will be a son born to this family of Bethlehem in a manger in the city for a purpose that God sends him. And God uses the story of a faithful foreigner to be a linchpin in the history of the gospel. That we see the beauty of this story, of everything that happens, is we see that God cares. 
We start the story with loss and brokenness and Naomi saying, call me Mara for I am bitter. But it ends with Obed sitting on her lap and she is his nurse, which means she's grandmaing so hard, right? She's the grandma who is there with joy to watch her grandson, to help him grow. And her bitterness turns to joy. And let's take a minute. We're going to watch this Bible Project video because I think it encapsulates really, really well the understanding of the overall picture of this book and what it means for us, not only as a beautiful piece of scripture, but in the wider narrative of who Jesus is. So often we look for God to show up in some kind of explosive way. But God has put people in our lives to continue his mission. Don't overlook the friend, the family member, the fellow believer who's encouraging you, who's lifting you up in prayer. Because what we see through the story of Ruth is that God uses everyday people to further his kingdom. That the story of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi is an incredible just story in and of itself. But the blessing that it brings is to say, here is this tale of sorrow that ends in joy and it leads to the Savior. Jesus is still at work through everyday people, connecting others to his love and his grace and the good news that he has come to save the world. Let's pray. Lord, may we hear the story of Ruth as a blessing in our lives. May we rejoice in the good news that it brings for us. Lord, continue to deliver us as your people again and again. Bring us that saving grace to the people around us that we may rejoice through what you're doing. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.